It's time for JT the Brick. Welcome in to our brand new coverage. We need to come in hardcore. Raiders got a bunch of guys. Back in the old days, they had legends. He gets the Raiders. He understands the Raiders. He's going to be a great Raider. Well, show it to me. No penalties. The only holes that I see on this team are linebackers. There's going to be some moments this year that are going to be top sledding. Okay, one of them could be now. I got it all for you. Keep it PG. No, never happened. I'd like to get this show going the way I know how to get the show going. Our standard is high. We coming. It's time to fire this thing up. What the hell are you listening to? Who are you getting this garbage from? JT the Brick. Hey, look at me. I'm the needy radio guy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. We are ready to rock. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Are you with me? One guy kind of throws the fuel into the fire. So sound off like you got up here and get going. Use the phone like a weapon. We need to leave a wake of destruction. That's all I had this week for you. And now, Raider Nation Unite! Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we wrap up the week here on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. Thanks to everybody who's listened all week. I'm really excited about what we did this week. I am very excited about the shows we prepared this week. It was totally back to basics, what we needed, some high-energy radio, ball talk, talking football, a lot of X's and O's, very intense, the type of shows I like to do, and I'd like to wrap it up with that, especially here right now. This is a very important moment in the Las Vegas Raiders short history. This is a pivotal game coming up because of the showcase of Sunday Night Football on NBC and the fact that the Raiders season and the Jets season is on the line with this game. So this is a good week to talk football here in Las Vegas. And when the Raiders came here, we started talking about having a flagship sports radio station, and I was involved in those discussions. And I remember saying, this is what it should be. We should have a station for the Raiders that everybody can find all around the country on a simple app. Everybody should be able to get involved, be included, and we should be able to talk Raiders without any limitations. When I was on the other flagships of the Raiders, there were limitations. There were limitations. They Really, the partners didn't want to do this. Now we have the ability to dive into the team, talk some other sports, and get involved with UNLV football and basketball and F1. And I'm going to the Golden Knights game tonight with my son. I'm so fired up to go beat the San Jose Sharks. Really a great rival to the Vegas Golden Knights. I'll be in the building tonight. We have F1 next week, and we have Sunday night football. I mean, how good does it get here if you're living in Vegas? And I know you're coming to visit us, and you want to get out here to see a game at Allegiant Stadium or two or three. And we got season ticket holders that travel every week. So very excited about this week. I head into the weekend. My heart is full because today I am seeing a day, a morning, excuse me, at the Nevada Veterans Home, the Nevada State Veterans Home with J.R. Redmond, Grand Irons, and it was just beautiful. I sent out some tweets at JT the Brick, and we pulled up there this morning out in Boulder City off of Boulder Highway. Uh, nice drive this morning to get out there. The weather was gorgeous, and then they just started to wheel in wheelchairs, all the veterans out outside in the sun. It was so bright, and probably about 30, 40 veterans who all, all have provided care, and they all have providers with them, were just lined up to be there in the morning to visit with us, to visit with the alumni department, to visit with the staff. I mean, it's humbling, man. It's Veterans Day. Today's the Marines' birthday. Semper Fi, all the Marines who were there, the veteran Marines who were there were so proud, and they have a smile on their face. They got a, you know, a military hat on from the Marines or the Army, and, and they're there, and they just want to see people, man. 
They're very emotional. They want to see people. If their children, if their sons and daughters and grandkids can't come and visit them all the way out there in Boulder City, they might live on the other side of the country. I was talking to a lady. I said, tell me about your family. And she goes, I have one granddaughter left. Uh, And she was telling me that her daughter passed away. And I'm talking to her about her granddaughter. And I said, where does your daughter live? And she said, Rhode Island. I said, wow. I said, wow, that's far away. And she says, I see her once a year. And she doesn't travel. She's a veteran. She's in a wheelchair. And all the Raider gear and the food and the breakfast muffins in the morning, very humbling. I'm very honored to be a part of this in a small way. So we ended up having a discussion, a chalk talk with Grant Irons. His dad, Gerald Irons, played for the Raiders in the Immaculate Reception game. And then J.R. Redman, who won a Super Bowl with the Patriots at running back and played a couple of years. He's a Raider, man. This guy told the story that when on the tuck rule game, he called it the snow game, he, was, he wanted to be a Raider so bad playing for the Patriots that before the game started, they were kicking punts to him and he noticed the Raiders in the tunnel coming out with their white uniform in the tuck rule game. And he was so in awe of the Raiders. This guy went on to win a Super Bowl, as you recall, with that game. And he dropped one of the punts in warm-ups and John Gruden flipped the ball to him and he said back to John Gruden, Hey, my deal's up. My deal's up. I want to be a Raider. I want to come next year and play for you before the tuck rule game. I was like, what'd you say? This is like really deep stuff that I heard from this guy today. And then we're going to save it because I got him booked for next Wednesday to come on the show. He basically talked about being in a very dark place, having depression, basically being disappearing from society and the problems that he had in his personal life. And then this alumni department brought him back. And his whole world opened up, and he was able to see the light again. Very heavy day today. And as we thank the veterans as we came out of there, you know, I'm into these movies, Band of Brothers. I just watched Band of Brothers again and Saving Private Ryan. I've watched all those movies multiple times. When you get a chance to look someone in the eye and they're in their 80s or 90s and they served in the war, uh, the greatest generation, whatever war they served in, Vietnam, Korean War vets were there today, you're just humble. You just look at these people and go, what a sacrifice that you've made for us. What an incredible sacrifice that you put your life, your body on the line to protect us. And they were really happy to see everybody today. It was a very special day today. As most of the staff said who was out there, maybe our favorite appearance of the year. We do a lot of events here in town, but going out to the Nevada State Veterans Home, I would encourage everybody in this market to go do it. Take a ride out to the end of 215, get on Boulder Highway. You can find it pretty easy. And try to go there and just shake some hands and thank people for their service. So I did that all morning today, and I'm in a really good place. Because when you get an opportunity to do any type of charity work, any type, to help others, and most people do their charity work, and they don't tell you about it. And I I think the opposite. I have a radio show. I have a platform. If I inspire one person to get involved with the Bolitnikoff Foundation or get involved with the veterans or whatever, coaches versus cancer, I think it's my right to tell people about it. Maybe some people will get involved. Today was a great day to be a Raider, to be with those gentlemen out there as they spoke to the veterans. So that pumps me up. And when I, I don't know who's going to win the game. I think the Raiders are going to win. At the end, I said on the microphone, I go, when we beat the Jets, the first people I'm going to thank are the Nevada veterans, you. And they love that because they believe in the Raiders and they were very happy to be out there today and have some visitors, man. When you're at that age and you've done this your whole life, you want to see people. 
You want to talk to people. You want to hold their hands. And that's what we did today. So I wanted to share that with you. It was brought to you by PT's. Best happy hour in town. You know, I have my bucket of Modellos on Friday. My son's in the other room. I tell him about 1 o'clock, get the bucket of Modellos on ice. I reward myself with a bucket of Modellos, and they pour that at PT's. And we got a hockey game tonight. So celebrate the Vegas Golden Knights. Celebrate the Marines' birthday and Veterans' Day coming into the weekend. Uh, Phone number 702-365-9200. You know the number. Use it. Take advantage of the format, and we'll get you here on the radio. And I think we've given you a good deep dive and analysis into what it's going to take to beat the Jets uh, the rest of the way. I think we, we have an idea of what's going to happen and how the Raiders can beat the Jets, I think. And the, we got to throw out all of this hype. You know, the hype is fun. The hype is real. But we need to throw it out, and we need to just figure out how to win the bleeping game. So I have all the stats here in front of me for my preparation for the pregame. On Sunday, the Raiders beat the Giants 30-6 to at home last week. In the last 13 seasons, they only had two larger wins. 13 seasons. 37-12 to win over the Broncos in Week 10 of 2020 and 45-20 over the Jets in Week 2 of 2017. The six points were the fewest they've allowed since a 16-6 to win in Cleveland in Week 8 in 2020. Well, look, we know the Giants weren't very good. The Giants weren't very good at all. But, you know, this is a team now that's coming in that's not very good on offense, but they have a pretty good defense. So we both believe that both teams will try to run the ball because it's a second and third to last rushing defense in football. Both teams give up over 137 yards a game on the ground. So if you're an offensive coordinator, which is Bo Hardigree or Nathaniel Hackett, you know, you got to run the ball. Because the boss is going to look at you and say, why the hell didn't you run the ball? (laughs) Look at the stats. What are you doing? But I think the Raiders and the Jets are going to have to throw the ball in this game. And I think what's going to be very interesting coming up here is if they are not able to, if they are not able to run the ball, and I'm talking run the ball effectively, one of these two teams are going to get into the, um, they're going to, one of these two teams are going to have to get into the passing game sooner than later and I think the Raiders will have an advantage I really do Zach Wilson was putrid this year he's terrible I mean the guy has no confidence he holds on to the ball too long he makes a lot of mistakes he's loose with the football you can hit him he's really tiny and the ball comes out and Aiden O'Connell we have a much smaller sample size much smaller sample size with Aiden O'Connell but Aiden stands strong in the pocket I had the pleasure of being the play-by-play voice during the preseason on the radio as Jason Horowitz did TV. So I called all those games with Aiden, watched him play, talked to him in the, in the meetings. I, I think he's a good player. And again, I have no problem telling you I was all Jimmy G. Why wouldn't I be? Are you kidding me? I, I'm not backing down from that. Jimmy Garoppolo was brought in to be the franchise quarterback. To work with Josh McDaniels, it didn't work. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure that out. It didn't work. Jimmy's been concussed. He's been hurt. He didn't play well, and he got benched. And as Antonio Pierce said, we're going to see him again. He's going to play at some point later on in the year if Aiden gets banged up and isn't perfect in a game. But now Aiden O'Connell's our guy, and he went five wide last week. He threw a bomb to Trey Tucker, and he threw a couple of good routes where the ball came out very quickly. I think he's going to even have to be better in this game. Last night, the Bears won. Did you see that garbage, that hot, steaming mess of garbage? Tyson Bajan won the game. He beat us. He beat the Raiders. And then he won last night on Thursday Night Football, and they brought him out afterwards 
onto the set of Amazon Prime and his stats, he had no touchdowns. Aiden O'Connell won last week and had no touchdowns. As Vince Lombardi would say, what the hell's going on out there? I saw a great moment in Raider history. George Blanda had four touchdowns on this day. Whole bunch of field goals and extra points. If you think we're going to win football games going forward by not throwing touchdowns, you've lost your mind. We can do that against the Giants, maybe against the Jets. The Raiders cannot do that against Kansas City and Miami and Justin Herbert and the Chargers. My only concern, which will start on Monday, is how do we get Aiden O'Connell up to speed so he can get into a complete, complete aerial attack shootout in the next couple of weeks? Can you do it in practice? Maybe. But don't you want to see this guy doing in the game against the Jets, who have one of the premier defenses when it comes to the secondary? Or as Mike Wilbon would say, are you scared? Are we all scared to let this guy play? It's a fair question. Jimmy Garoppolo played like he didn't know the playbook. He was confused with it. He didn't understand the playbook that I thought and many people thought, NFL insiders thought, would be a perfect match with Josh McDaniels, the former head coach, and it didn't work. So now Bo Hardegree comes in there. I said throw out the McDaniels playbook. I wouldn't have said that if Coach McDaniels was still here for obvious reasons. It didn't work. Didn't work with Devontae. He's not getting any touches, barely. It's not working with Michael Mayer. It's not working with Hunter Renfro, the old playbook. Didn't work with Josh Jacobs. Throw it out. Burn it. Take it in the back and burn it. Put it in a barrel with kerosene and gasoline and burn the playbook and let Bo take his playbook and go, like Rich Gannon told me, you know, and Lincoln Kennedy, 14 plays. Go, go take the best 20 plays from the former playbook and then put in another couple more and then break it down to 15 and just run those plays the rest of the year. And, you know, you can run plays off those plays. But what are the plays that the Raiders should run more of? I'll give them to you right now. A Devontae 10-yard in route, not a Devontae ball down the sideline that's getting thrown out of bounds. And Devontae's got to act like Superman and go up and catch you with one hand and toe tap to get in. I'm sick of that garbage. It happened too much with the former head coach. All these balls thrown down the sideline where you need a Spider-Man can't go up and catch the ball. Let's run Devontae inside and not get him killed. Let's throw a really tight pass on time. You want another play? How about Michael Mayer running a five-yard in route and hitting him in stride as he takes off upfield for the 18-yard gain? That's two. I got two more for you. Hunter Renfro on a six-yard in route and Hunter Renfro on an eight-yard out route. Is that simple enough for you? I think it'll work. Everything Jacoby Myers touches, he catches. So, and then Josh Jacobs having the ability to tell the coaches, I'd rather run this way. I'd rather run blank. I don't know what he says. I'm not in the meetings. But clearly, he's allowed to have input here. So get him the football where he wants it on the field, where he thinks it's going to fit in better for him. So there are some, some suggestions that I have as just a sports talk host, but I think they need to open it up and win this game at some point with Aiden O'Connell. I think the playbook's going to be for both teams. Run it. The clock's going to run. Watch out, everybody. Warning. Warning. The clock's going to run. You hand the ball up the middle on every leap and play, both the Jets and the Raiders, the clock doesn't stop, and it's going to run. And you go three and out, the other team gets it. The clock is not going to stop if you're running the ball the majority of the game. The Raiders are going to have to be very effective in a shorter amount of time to make sure that they're very efficient. 
and I'm hoping the successful running the ball with Josh Jacobs will open up the passing game. I'm predicting Michael Mayer has a huge game. I'm talking 9-10 receptions. I think this is the one matchup that the Raiders have a big advantage. I also think Devontae's better than Sauce Gardner. Sauce is a young player. Devontae is a future Hall of Famer. But I think that they don't have a guy that can guard Michael Mayer, and I hope that Michael Mayer is featured in this game. Uh, we were supposed to have an update from Vic Tafer. He had to move his appearance, so that'll open up the phones a little bit more for you to get in here on who do you believe will be the X factor in this game? Who do you believe will be the one player, I'm not looking for three or four, sorry, I'm looking for one, that will have a big game on offense or defense or special teams that will bring a victory to the Raiders so they can go to Miami at 5-5 five and five and an opportunity to not shock the world. Miami sucked for a long period of time, a really long period of time. Miami hasn't beaten anybody with an over 500 record this year. Don't be scared of Detroit or Miami. Raiders lost to Detroit. They were in that game early. They blew it. And I'm not scared of Miami. So what do the Raiders need to do to win this game? Who's the one player that you think will be the X factor in this game? 702-365-9200. And next hour, we'll have my conversation with Antonio Pierce. I have some sound from him we'll play here in a little bit. And the conversation was really good. And on top of that, our conversation with Lincoln Kennedy and Eddie Pascal next hour as we play a portion of Raiders Roundtable. I love that portion as Lincoln really gets in his groove. So light it up today. Let's hear from you and find out what you're doing this weekend, too. There's a lot going on in town. If you're coming from out of town for this game or you're in town and you're hosting an event, I know the Black Hole's got a signing with Bo Jackson. A lot of cool things happening here in town. Uh, Use my radio show as a platform to promote what you're doing as a Raider fan coming into the weekend. Hardcore Raider, start us off here on the flagship of the Raiders on a Friday. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Uh, first of all, I just, you know, as an Army combat veteran who served and had my boots on the ground uh, in combat to all those that have sacrificed and given their lives and the, the things that them and their families will uh, always endure, just want to give a big shout-out to them and uh, the blood, sweat, and tears that uh, they've made for the lives that we get to enjoy. So Nicely said. And with that being said, you know, Bo Jackson, man, oh, Lord, that's my favorite Raider of all time. He was such an inspiration for me. Uh, Bo knows the, you know, football, baseball, just such an iconic dude and just a supreme athlete. In my opinion, the best athlete all time. So I'm really uh, jealous. I, I can't be there to be part of that. But one of these days I'm going to get be able to, you know, look Bo Jackson in the face and tell him what he meant to me and get his autograph. Uh, with that being said, I do want to say something about Josh Jacobs. You know, right now, we're in this kind of uh, pivotal, I'd say, situation with Jacobs where I think we're going to start seeing the ball getting ran a lot more um, with, with, with Jacobs. And I think, uh, you know, when we look at, like, where we're at in the season, we're going to finish the season out, and Josh Jacobs hasn't got that many carries, you know. Uh, he's got, like, I think about 500 yards, 506 yards right now. And Jacobs can, uh, you know, be the second all-time rushing leader uh, ending the season if he just gets – 662 rushing yards and he's third all time uh for running backs uh for touchdowns he just needs three more to pass peep and anzac so i I do think there should be a huge emphasis to get jacobs involved and you know with us getting into you know later in the year and some of these teams getting tired as the season uh wears on uh the running game is going to be a huge thing so i'm definitely excited to see jacobs get involved and one last quick thing uh, you know, last year we saw a game against the Broncos where Devontae Adams ran the same route but uh, then switched it up and burned uh, Patrick Sertan. 
I'd like to see something along those lines where they adjust on the fly and we get a big play out of it by uh, just, you know, the coach, uh, the offensive coordinator, and our wide receivers kind of game planning on the fly to make some adjustments. But appreciate you. Keep up the good work. And let's go Raiders. Yeah, thanks for your story. I really appreciate that. Thanks for your service to this country. A matter of fact, here to the top of the hour, I'd love more members of the military, uh, vets or current members, to give us a call. That'd be great. That'd be a great theme for the show today heading into Veterans Weekend. They gave us these beautiful uh, pullover sweatshirts, light sweatshirts, and then a heavy winter sweatshirt uh, that I got this week from the Raiders. I've been rocking it all week, the lighter one. Proud to wear it, man. Proud to wear it. You know, I've, I've said this before. I never, I, you know, I, I didn't have an opportunity, nor did I decide to join the military. And I felt like it was my calling to put people on the radio my entire career who did. So I came up with Military Night. And for 10 years on Fox Sports Radio, I was the only show in America taking calls live from Afghanistan and Iraq. And it was set up through American Armed Forces. If you listen back then, you remember that. And it was really a big honor for me that we would take calls from individuals in a set-up location that would call us, and we'd put them on the radio and give them some relief, the men and women who wanted to talk about sports. Really big, big part of my career was military night. And I kind of forget it because it was so many years ago, but it was a big, important part of what I did every Thursday night when I was at Fox Sports Radio for over 17 years, and it connected us with the military. And I'm always proud when I'm on the sidelines to take a photo. I always ask if I could take a photo with the military there because it just makes me feel good, makes me feel proud. And I know the Raiders will do a big job coming up on Sunday uh, at the torch, what they're going to do with the flag, with the anthem and all that. It's going to be really special. So if you're going to the game, get in there early. Come see us there at the Torch. CJ is in Houston, Texas, live on the Raiders mobile app. Go ahead. Hey, uh, I just found you. I, I've been a serious XM guy, and I I ended the subscription this week. Uh, went into the TuneIn app, started setting it up, and found found you. I I, I want to share a story with you. This game against the Jets is special for me. It, it always is when the Raiders play the Jets. Um, I grew up in a small town in New Mexico in the 60s. Uh, everyone loved the Cowboys there. I hated the Cowboys. I still hate the Cowboys. Uh, I know I'm in Houston. But the thing is, um, I came in from playtime uh, on a Sunday, and my dad's watching a game, and there's this team with silver helmets. And I'm thinking they're the Cowboys. I go, Dad, who is this team? And And it's the Raiders and they're playing the Jets in New York on a Sunday uh, afternoon. Right. I watched that game and I'm like, this is my team. This is the sixties. Later that night, Ed Sullivan, the Raiders are singing Jim Otto. They're, they're on the Ed Sullivan show. That that's, that's how deep it is. Uh, we meet up with my uncle who grew up in, or who lived in San Bruno right. and, uh, uh, He's a big Raider fan, so I had a, a, a connection there. So I just wanted to share that because of the uh, of the connection of the Raiders now playing the Jets and uh, and just how special that is always for me being that longtime Raider fan. Uh, lastly, to answer your question, I, I think it's going to be a Josh Jacobs uh, breakout. Yeah. Uh, it's needed, and, uh, and, and, and I know he wants it. So uh, anyway, I just want to – Thank you for letting me share my uh, 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 this time with you. 
thank you. I appreciate you calling in. Great phone call. Nicely said, and thanks for finding the show. It's really easy to find the show. Uh, find the show on the Raiders mobile app. As I always said, we don't have a mobile app. We don't have the show to the standard that I want to do the show every day. We've got a great local affiliate here. Our partner, our owner, 920 AM, great. Everybody can hear it here in town, but we need that mobile app, man. Well, that guy doesn't hear me in Vegas. Let me make that point again because of all the partners we have on this particular show. The, the reason we have so many partners is we tell the story that this show is heard in Houston where that guy just called in, the Bay Area, Los Angeles on the East Coast, and it all means a lot. So cool. And I love national radio, and this is a national Raiders show. About time we got one. Uh, from the franchise being born in 1960 all the way till now, and it's the first time we really have an app and something on a phone where people my kids' age can just hit one button and listen to the show. That's a big deal for us. Uh, the ruling could be coming down on Jim Harbaugh. That could be happening. It probably will happen during Q's show, if not before. So we'll get into all of that. UNLV football. Is something I'd like to get into today. I love the fact I didn't. I expected UNLV football to be improved. I didn't think they'd be this good. That's fantastic. And then when we come back, my tweet and your phone calls. I want. The, I want to keep the Raider calls coming in. Uh, my tweet earlier today on F1 coming next week. Which when we come back, I'll get into all of the pathetic people who complain. And there's not a big number of them. But there's a circle of a group of people in this town who blank and moan about everything. Oh, and they're out in full force now on F1. I'll tell them where they can all go in about five minutes. I'll tell all these complainers where they can go specifically in the next five minutes of the show. We are brought to you by the great and powerful Resorts World. Oh, my God. My buddies went to Wally's for dinner last night, came into town, and they loved it. Head on out to Doghouse Saloon for all your college and pro football. It's good. They both had good weeks of practice, ready to go. Um, it's good to have a full group there. And it's been kind of a Rolodex in that room the last two weeks with injuries. Uh, but the one thing about... Uh, I think our team is what I've seen in our staff is they're willing to get out there. They're willing to fight through injuries and pains. And Nick's, you never will be 100% until we get back in you know, January and off season. So um, for our guys, just to get them out there and to have that unit you know, be a, a, a glue again, it's really good for our defense. That's Antonio Pierce as he's talking about the linebacker room and to get some back. And Diablo, Diablo is a very important player on this team. A very important player on this team as it looks like Colt Miller will not go in this game, and uh, he's been on the injury report all week, and there's guys who are down this time. And uh, Vic Tafer reported Colt Miller missing a second straight practice, the injury report, as we look at it now. And uh, that's a big one for the Raiders. Colt Miller is one of the really important players on this team, very important players that are on this team. So, again, injuries, they, they sneak up on you. Colt Miller has been a very successful and very reliable player there. So, you know, a couple of guys are down, a couple of guys are coming back, and everybody's going to have to play their best game to beat the Jets. This is not a trap game. What I love about this game is it's not a trap game. A trap game is when you're looking forward to the next game. You're looking at the next game ahead, which is the Dolphins. That would be something to look ahead, except if you're the Raiders who are trying to get to 500. 
No look-ahead game. Antonio Pierce just became the interim head coach. You're not going to let anybody look ahead. He's all over these guys. He's a highly emotional guy. And as I was on an, another radio show earlier in the week, uh, I said this, and one of the hosts asked me, what's at stake for this game? I said, it's an elimination game for the Jets or the Raiders. Let's call it what it is. How the hell are the Raiders going to make the playoffs if they can't beat, beat the Jets and the Bears? Come on. I mean, you'd, be, you'd have to put me in a straitjacket if I started talking playoffs if the Raiders lost to the Jets and the Bears. And I think the Raiders are going to win this game. And then the same with the Jets. I mean, the Jets are a team that they're not looking past the Raiders. They just were awful, awful against the Chargers, who the Raiders always play right down to the wire. So we talked about the live odds this week, and I put out a tweet that got a lot of traction on how this game could be a pick game. I mean, what is going on here? And most people that chimed in and wanted to talk about that topic basically said, you know, the sharp guys who said, well, you got to get, get both sides to be even for the bookmakers. I get all of that. But now it's a pick game pretty much straight across the board. And the total on this game is 36 and a half. So you get three points for being at home. They're not giving the Raiders three. And the Jets are a pick here. And I think it's because the Jets' defense, the success of their defense, and the Jets beat the Eagles this year. They beat the Eagles. So the Jets have the – they beat the Bills. The Raiders got destroyed by the Bills. Uncompetitive second half. No show after the first Devontae touchdown. Raiders got annihilated. So if you're wondering why the Jets are a pick or what favorites, is because the Jets beat Philadelphia and Buffalo. And they got a really good defense, but they played so poorly on Monday night. Troy Aikman was trolling them, trolling them during the game. And that's still a massive topic, massive topic that we're talking about still this week. Ted's in Arkansas. Ted, start us off. Uh, let's get you going here. Thanks for calling the show. What's going on? Uh, thanks for taking my call, JT. Um, I think Josh needs to have a massive game. I think mm-hmm. he needs to take the momentum from the Giants game and keep it going against the Jets. And I think the Raiders need to do what the Lions did to us. And we need to keep their defense on the field with as good as they are. Um, they need to, we need to keep them on the field and go on long, sustained drives that end in touchdowns. And I think uh, over time we'll wear them down and then we can take shots where we, uh, where we need them. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's the, pretty much the basis of everything. Uh, thanks a lot for the call, is that you're going to run the ball with Josh Jacobs. The Jets know this. Robert Sala is the defensive coordinator from the Niners, head coach of the Jets. He's got Quinn and Williams up front. I wanted to say this again. Quinn and Williams is the closest player to, to ever. He looks like Daryl Russell. If you remember the great Daryl Russell, who we lost way too soon in life when he passed away, his first two seasons with the Raiders, I was there for, and it was one of the two most dominant seasons I've ever seen for a rookie and then a second-year defensive tackle. He went to -to back-to-back Pro Bowls. I mean, he had a Hall of Fame career going when he started off. Everybody talks about Max Crosby. Max Crosby is an unbelievable player. Darrell Russell came into this league. And Quinnen Williams looks like him, talks like him, just eerily reminds me of Darrell Russell. And it's going to be tough just to run up the middle at him. I think in this game you're going to see, with Colt Miller not going, you're going to see a lot of plays – that probably could have went behind Colt Miller or outside Colt Miller, maybe go the other way. I mean, the offensive line's been playing really well, but that's because they have Colt Miller as the best player on the offensive line. Things are going to change this week, and the reserves and everyone else has to play a pitch-perfect game for the Raiders to get the running game going. Teddy's in Vegas on 920 AM. Thanks for calling, Teddy. Teddy, you're on the radio. Go ahead. 
Teddy is not. Go ahead, Teddy. You got me. You got me. Yeah, I guess we do. I guess we do. Go ahead, Teddy. Thank you. (laughs) Right on. Thanks, JT. I just want to say, uh, Uran and Semper Fi to all the devil dogs out there. I'm a former first Marine division light armor reconnaissance corpsman. And, uh, you know, we just love mother green. And I just want to wish all the guys that I know in harm's way and abroad, uh, the very best on this birthday, 248. Um, I've, I've been uh, lucky enough to uh, be at some of the draft class, uh, luncheons and seeing some of the stuff that you're doing with the special mm-hmm. events. And I really appreciate what you do out there. JT, Thank you're, you. you're awesome, man. Thank you. Um, to your question, I believe that, um, Devontae is going to have a breakout game because uh, going to what you're saying about the offensive line, um, I was hoping to see more play action and some more misdirection going on. I started to see that in the last game. I think they're going to build off that. I think with Colton Miller out, it's going to be a you know a little bit of an issue with, with really slamming the rock, and I think that's going to open up some, some deep shots, and we all know that Aiden's got an arm, and uh, I think that rapport with you know Devontae really wanting to show out and get the ball – and uh, prove a point that, you know, I mean, he doesn't really need to prove it, but he's a great player and he's a key to this offense. I think that's going to show against the Jets. And, and uh, my prediction is uh, 28-17, Raider win. Yeah, I like that score. I think that score could be around. Appreciate it when I'm thinking there. 28's a high number, but the Raiders are coming off 30. And I think the momentum of Bo Hardigree calling the plays and the ability to attack downfield and get some red zone scores instead of some red zone field goals some touchdowns over field goals, getting Devontae going. We all know that for the Raiders to win this game, Aiden O'Connell's going to have to throw a touchdown. He, you cannot beat the Jets by not throwing one touchdown. I doubt it. You can do that against the Giants. They're going to definitely have to find a way, both of us, all of us, everyone who's on this station, everybody I talk to thinks it's going to be a running game led by Josh Jacobs. Okay, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. But my other point is, is that you've got to throw the ball to win this game. And I think I know how they do it. Michael Mayer. I'm predicting Michael Mayer has eight, nine receptions. I think he's going to have a big game. I think now that there's been a new coach calling plays and the other coach did not get the ball to Hunter Renfro or Michael Mayer barely, I think that Bo Hardigray is going to go out of his way to get the ball to Hunter Renfro and Michael Mayer. At least I hope I'm right on that. Sean's in Morgan Hills, California. Great to hear from you, Sean, on a Friday. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call, brother. It's been a while. I haven't talked to you in a minute, but I just wanted to give you a quick shout-out. One, thank you for all the great work you do. You inspire us fans, I tell you. And, in fact, I wanted to let you know, since um, Mark Davis did all the changes in that week that you asked all the fans to get behind the team, I wanted you to know I got tickets for this Sunday night's game. My wife and I are flying out. We got Mm. sideline passes. So we're going to be out there, um, and in two weeks I'm coming back with my 11-year-old, which is a diehard fan for the Chiefs game. So I wanted to let you know that, and I really feel that the Raiders Sunday night have an extremely good chance if our defense comes out blazing and not giving Wilson time and just attacking him. And I'm fairly confident with Josh Jacobs and the quarterback and Devonta Adams. I think we're going to have a strong offensive game. But mainly I want you to know you, your voice is big for us Raider fans, and you inspire us, brother, so I think – Thank you for all that you do and well, your team out there. Thank we'll you. And thanks for everybody. you this weekend. Yeah, I'll see you at the torch. We tell everybody, come on out to the torch, see Eric Allen and I. The way they staggered opening the stadium now, and we used to start and there would be fans with us at the torch, and now it, we, we start when the stadium opens up. So a lot of people want to stay out there and tailgate, and I often encourage that. I often encourage that. If you want to stay outside with this weather and have a couple of Modellos, 
and a couple of shots and a couple of beverages and some carne asada as I stop by my guy, Joe. Here's my routine. I park my car. I go right to J-Lot. I go to the corner of J-Lot closest to the stadium. Uh, Black Hole's there. I get myself a Modelo. I have an ice-cold Modelo, hang out with the Black Hole. Uh, There's some great carne asada. My buddy Joe, who's a veteran, who's in a wheelchair, great friend. I sit with him in my seats. And uh, he made his, him and his wife make me a carne asada plate. And we have a carne asada plate, which is always incredible. And then I go in and I go in, I go to the press box. I get to the press box and I stay there for a little bit, get a cup of coffee and then I head over to the torch and we get to the torch. And once we get to the torch, we have an unbelievable time there. And then that's great. And then after that, I try to get on the field quickly to shake the owner's hands or to see some people down on the field. And then it's just upstairs walking around with my son or my wife and having a great time. It truly is a blessing to be there. Truly is amazing to have a great time at Allegiant Stadium. We're going to be able to do it again. Raider Ryan in L.A. Is this my guy? Raider Ryan, how are you? This is absolutely your guy, JT. I love listening to you every afternoon as much as I can when I don't have meetings. Thank you so much. Well, hold on, everybody. This is my former producer, (laughs) my former board op who started with me and now has gone on. We got uh, one and one on the way, so uh, two two new Raider fans being brought into the world? Trying to raise them properly. Thank you, my brother. Absolutely have to. Have to have them watch with me on Sundays. Got to do it right. You mentioned, sir an X factor and you've, you've kind of made a loop. You've alluded to it and hit it a nail on the head. I love that Antonio Pierce has been going to the offensive line meetings every day. My X factor, a little outside the box, Andre James. This guy's had a hell of a month really in front of him. You think last week, Dexter Lawrence, mm-hmm. this week, Quentin Williams, next weekend, Christian Wilkins, the weekend after that, Chris Jones. Yeah. That is as crazy as a lineup of guys who can disrupt your offensive line up the middle and get pressure as you're going to see without playing Aaron Donald. Um, he, he's really got a task ahead of him. If we can keep Aiden as, as clean as possible and create lanes for Josh, I know Colt Miller and that injury is a big deal, mm-hmm. but Andre James, that's the guy I, I want to see. Good to hear from you, buddy. Thank you. Raider Ryan, you know, makes my, uh, today's a good day. I told you it started off with the Nevada veterans at the veterans home and then Raider Ryan who's a big part of my life and my show I worked with him for years he calls in out of nowhere as he, which is great because we keep in touch on Facebook but great to hear his voice thanks Raider Ryan uh, very good point here the offensive line is starting to get their flowers a little bit they're starting to get a little bit of publicity some of those PFF scores are getting better and better and better none of it matters if you can't beat the Jets none of it matters if you can't get Josh Jacobs running through some holes none of it matters if you can't beat the jets what's at stake is what i often say in life winner move forward loser go home there'll be plenty more football left raiders have an opportunity to do some great things uh today at the veterans home i was talking to jr redmond about it i said hey jr i go give me one of these games that the raiders have to win because i'm assuming for fun you know wanting the raiders to win every game i said We beat Minnesota, Indy, Denver at home, Chargers at home, right? So those are four games I gave them there. And we're talking about the schedule here in front of me. I said, what game can we win one of three? And I said, those games are at Miami and both Kansas City games. And without even a pause, he looks at me and he goes, oh, man, we're definitely 
we're definitely going to uh, split with Kansas City. I said, really? I go, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll split with Kansas City this year. Kansas City's not the same on offense. They don't have Tyreek Hill. And I was like, wow. Because going forward here with this schedule, if you follow me on this, and it is aggressive, it's for radio purposes only, beat the Jets, Miami and Kansas City, let's just say for this conversation it doesn't go right, which I don't think I need to say that. It could go right. I think the Raiders can beat Miami. They have the bye week, Minnesota, a win. Chargers at Las Vegas, a win. At Kansas City, okay. At Indy, win. Denver, a win. So you got to win one out of three games. Miami and one of the two Kansas City games. Can you win one of those and have an opportunity to make the playoffs? That's what's at stake. But not, that won't matter on Monday unless we beat the Jets. All right, top of the hour, my conversation with Antonio Pierce. I always enjoy interviewing the coaches, no matter who they are. Always a pleasure for me. Antonio Pierce is a shot of adrenaline right through this headset microphones. He's coming up at the top of the hour, the Lincoln Kennedy segment on Raiders Roundtable, and we'll have more to say. And I'm going to the Vegas Golden Knights. Bobby, give me a Golden Knights highlight coming out of the next break, please. Cycle. He scores! Rips it from the right circle! In and out, nobody realized it was in. The referee signals good goal. 2-0 Golden Knights, 6-17 to go, second period. Yeah, I'll be at the game tonight, thanks to the Vegas Golden Knights. Looking forward to going to my first game of the year. Been working a lot and uh, like to get out there, and this one fits, and I can't wait to see VGK tonight. It'll be great. Uh, Joe Pumpolano, who has a big following, sports and business investigative reporter, and he has uh, 571,000 followers on Twitter. He put out uh, earlier today, Formula One's new paddock building in Las Vegas is complete. The inaugural Las Vegas Grand Prix has been heavily criticized because of expensive tickets, a 1 a.m. start time and road closures and more. But the fact that Formula One paid $240 million for an empty lot and now has a fully functioning permanent 300,000 square foot paddock building ready in just 12 months later is pretty damn impressive. And it's going to look great on TV. It is. It's going to look insane on TV. So I started reading some of the comments. And the comments, it just drives me crazy. So I tweeted back. The amount of complaining about this event is at an all-time high. They just finished the F1 paddock and the sphere to add to the lore of the sports and entertainment capital of the world and some constantly continue to bitch. Throw in Allegiant Stadium, T-Mobile, the Fountain Blue, Resorts World, Durango Station, and more. Some people with no friends and ability to enjoy life always seem to complain and remain jealous. Get over it or move to Reno. If it's too much for you to handle. And I'm, I mean, I'm okay with Reno. I haven't spent a lot of time up there. But anybody here in Vegas, especially in media that complains about F1, should really move to Reno and sit up in Reno and do their radio show from Reno. About as many as I do, like 300 shows a year or whatever the amount is. And tell me what it's like to do a sports talk show and try to get advertising and, do, and build a career in Reno on the radio as a sports talk host. I'm sure a couple of people are doing it, but the level of complaining in this town 
by some media or people that have a voice is shocking to me. If you listen to those complainers, there'd be no Allegiant Stadium, no T-Mobile, there'd be no rodeo, there'd be no resort corridor expansion, there'd be nothing. It'd just be them complaining, sitting outside of Starbucks, complaining for the price of a latte. Incredible that people don't understand the importance of having F1 here. Yeah, it's a pain in the neck year one. They'll get through it. They'll get through the bumps and bruises of it, and they'll be great. Ira in Tennessee on the mobile app. Hello, Ira. Thank you very much, JT. Um, I was looking at the schedule. I know you say don't look too far ahead, but, you, you know, the Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs, if we split with the Chiefs, I don't really see a team, you know, maybe the Colts, but, you know, I can see them going 7-1 and one down the stretch. I, I don't know about you, JT, but that, that schedule looks pretty favorable going forward. Yeah, I think the schedule looks favorable. The problem that I have with what I said, thanks for the consistent calls, I appreciate it. The issue becomes all the games that I think are a lock on radio as the season ticket holder for the Raiders to win. Minnesota, going to be a tough game. Indy, tough game. Denver at home, Denver's going to be much improved. They haven't beaten the Raiders since, what, the 1800s? I'm joking, but it's been a while. We fired the last two Bronco coaches. You don't think Sean Payton's going to want to end the year beating the Raiders? So I think they'll win that game. But I'm more optimistic on Miami. And Miami could get ugly because Miami put up 70 points this year. And Miami hasn't beaten a team with an above 500 record. But here's how I explain the Miami game next week. Miami's on their bye week. They went to Frankfurt, Germany. That's not your typical bye week where you play the Buffalo Bills and the Jets. Then you go on your bye week. They're in Europe. They're in Germany. They come back. Their body clock screwed up. They're sitting in South Beach. They're taking their girlfriends and wives on a quick vacation. You go on vacation. You should. You could during the bye week. Then Miami comes back, and they got to get their overseas legs and their bye week legs underneath them and get ready for the Raiders. Raiders are a warm-weather indoor team. It's not an outdoor cold game. It's not going to be humid. Tua is a guy who's had problems against guys like Max Crosby. Tua's been knocked out of a lot of games. I hope that he doesn't get injured, but he's been knocked out of games. And the only problem the Raiders have in that game is they've proven that they've never once, never once have been able to cover Tyreek Hill. No matter who the coach is, how legendary the coach is, this organization has not been able to figure out one guy. And you'd think I'd say two with Travis Kelsey because he's torched the Raiders. But Tyreek Hill is the guy. And now Antonio Pierce, when I talk to him next week, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about misdirection, Jalen Waddle and how to slow down Tyreek Hill. I think we can do it, but it doesn't matter unless we beat the Jets. Uh, Coming up, my conversation with Antonio Pierce. I can't wait for you to hear it. We did it yesterday. He was all fired up to come in. He's excited about the military. He's excited about the team and how he's putting his, not handprint, his fist on the Las Vegas Raiders. Big hour coming up next as we continue. Brought to you by Modelo. One hour till my bucket of Modelo's. (laughs) 